This is the Wholesome Monk Podcast. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Wholesome Monk Podcast, your boy Wholesome Monk. And today I'm joined by the one and only Lo, the lover of superheroes, lover of comics, the lover of anime and manga, all things nerdy. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing absolutely fantastic. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing swell. I'm doing swell. Um, I'm excited to finally have this conversation with you and get you on the podcast. Um, so that being said, let's just dive right into the superheroes. What? What? So from my understanding, I could be wrong. I know that you enjoy comics. And I know you enjoy manga. So when it comes to comics, do you enjoy just like the superhero genre of comics? Because I know there's like different types. So what, what kind of comics do you enjoy? Um, honestly, just like any of them that like I have like my favorite superheroes on, like any sort of X-Men comic I am very much into, but that also like with DC, I have like, I have my own copy of The Killing Joke. It's pretty much just anything that gets recommended to me. I'm a very like open-minded person when it comes to trying different genres or like different kinds of like comics and that kind of thing. Like I have a whole just collection of, it's one giant book and it's like all of the early X-Men comics, which I think is like the coolest thing. So I just kind nice. of get into whatever I can. <laughs> so when uh, let's talk about your origin for comic books. So when when was mm-hmm. do you know when you first got into it, and if so, what was your first comic? Ooh, okay. So let's see. I started getting into comics probably, I'd say sixth grade. Sixth so grade. so I was. Uh, my brother and I had been talking about like just different superhero stuff for a while. We had seen like the Iron Man movie and just talking about that kind of stuff. So he's like, okay, for Christmas, I'm going to get you uh, like a comic book and we're going to see how you like it. And it was mm. that giant X-Men like collection because he knew at that point he showed me all the X-Men, like the original trilogy. So he's like, okay, you're going to like this. And my first reaction is like, does it have Rogue in it? If it doesn't have Rogue in it, I don't want it. So, cause I was just all up into it. Like I loved her at the time. Yeah. And so it was cool kind of being able to read all of that. I think I read that whole giant book within maybe like that whole weekend. So just being able to kind of immerse myself into that world. And from the X-Men series, I got into um, the Avengers. So it was kind of like, even though uh, like cinematically I was introduced to like the Avengers storyline first, Comic wise, I got into the X-Men and it was cool because there's, especially in film versions, you don't see all of the X-Men that they truly mention because the X-Men universe is so huge within the Marvel universe itself. Yeah. So being able to kind of see that like backstage, like seeing, like I kind of like would play a little game with myself in like the cinematic world, like, oh, this is where this character would have fit in here if they would have included them. And so it just kind of got really immersed there. Like my brother's nine years older than me. So he mm kind of was my introductory to all things nerdy he would he was like very determined when I was younger he's like I'm gonna make sure that you're like a tomboy and really like all these other stuff like for instance like while all of my friends were playing Barbie or dressing up as princesses I was like I want a Power Rangers cake for my birthday and I was dressing up as like Power Rangers um I had a bunch of like Pokemon as you should stuff and I was when I was younger one of the Oh yeah, when the Yu-Gi-Oh movie came out, I was the mm. only little girl in the theater to go see the Yu-Gi-Oh movie and I was very proud of that because I was like I want to see this like you can't deter me from seeing this movie. No, I, I think that's important too, especially when it comes to like sibling bonding is like getting that 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 concrete or that like ironclad connection whether it's like, you know, sports or whether it's gaming or whether it's 
uh, comic books or anime or whatever you have you. And I think that's really cool. That's how me and my brother bonded was through Yu-Gi-Oh cards and uh, Pokemon and Mega Man and Speed Race, like growing up um, watching anime in the late 90s and early 2000s with it. So for you, out of all the superheroes that we have, we have plenty uh, that exists. Where are your where are your top five? You don't have to put an order, but like, where are your top five? Okay, top five superheroes. And is this including both Marvel and? Yeah, new Marvel, DC, whatever DC. have you. Yeah, okay. I, anyone. Okay. Um. Ooh, okay. I would say Rogue from X Men, um, mm. Gambit from X Men, uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, Bat. Batman, and let's see, who would my last one be? Ooh, okay, this one's hard. Uh, Ant-Man. Really? Interesting. I love Ant-Man. Interesting. Now, is that the, is that because of the, the Ant-Man movie, or did you have exposure to him before the, uh, before the movie in, like, the comics or something? So, I got introduced to Ant-Man through uh, the cartoon show Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and I just kind of really liked but it was actually with Hank and not Scott Mm. so this was his origin of being Ant-Man and it had um his wife who was the wasp so I got to see that that kind of dynamic not just the Hope and Scott so it was like the earlier generation I really got introduced because I was like oh that's kind of funny like he shrinks he grows big and then I just kind of really liked his character as a whole and i liked his superpower okay that's interesting because i i I really i like first of all i really do enjoy that adventures cartoon series i don't think it gets enough love um and also because i remember watching it growing up and i remember that's how i got my i got my introduction to ant-man as well and a lot of other characters that that exist including i don't know if that was my first exposure like i've known about black panther before but I didn't really, there was no real, there, they had a couple of movies I didn't see till after that I watched that series, that cartoon series. So that was my first exposure to any type of like motion and to Black Panther and everything outside of the comics. So it's nice to see that as well. Um, and then what, what makes you uh, such a Batman fan as well? Like what, what, what about Batman do you really enjoy? Cause I know he was in your top five. So with Batman, it was just like, he was also one of my earliest superheroes that I got introduced to. Uh, my brother showed me like kind of the older ones, even though like the older movies, which some people say aren't as good, but I got really hooked on, I think it was Batman Returns, the one with Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of, I was just like, I kind of liked the like slight vigilante style. I mm-hmm. even like my first car, I named the Batmobile. I was like, it's a tiny car, but I want to feel mighty. We love it in it so I'm gonna call it the Batmobile and it was just kind of like I like Bruce Wayne's kind of like flaunt to life of being like yeah he's like a rich guy but like it's like I kind of just like how he is as a superhero which is really funny because I didn't like Iron Man for the longest time and he's essentially the Marvel equivalent (laughs) that's that's interesting that's interesting so it was like kind of like my brother was like He's like, why don't you like Iron Man then? And I'm like, I don't know. It just like, I think I just kind of liked Bruce Wayne's personality better. And I liked how he like, kind of how he went about being Batman versus how Tony Stark would flaunt being Iron Man. That's I think that's kind of the big difference between the two. That's right. So 
going back to that point you made about, you know, not liking Iron Man at first, was it, was that like already seeing the 2008 Iron Man movie or was it like you talking about like a cartoon or the comics that you didn't like Iron Man? It's kind of like, it was through like uh, the Iron Man movie. And it's just like, for me, it wasn't, I just, I don't know what it was, but like, I just didn't like how like snarky he was and like how he just seemed very self-absorbed. But now I've kind of grown, like that's his personality, but he's very selfless. So I kind of grew to love him in that way. And it kind of, actually the big turning point for me with Iron Man was uh, when Civil War came out because the first time I saw Captain America Civil War, I was team Cap. But then after a rewatch, I was Team Iron Man, and I've been Team mm. Iron Man every single time I've rewatched the movie. No, that's a, that's, that's it's interesting because I remember when that first came out, it was a big debate: uh, Team Iron Man versus Team Cap. And then even like, especially now on TikTok, a couple months ago, before uh, the latest MCU movie came out, it, a lot of it was like about oh, uh, like the, the the debate came back up, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also curious about, you said you had a lot of X-Men characters you really enjoyed. You stated earlier how much X-Men meant to you personally, the property itself. So what about X-Men do you find so intriguing? Like, what's, what about X-Men grabs your eye? So I think a big part of it stemmed from the fact that I loved Charles Xavier's uh, perspective of, like, even though we are being shunned upon, even though people don't think the best of us, we should think the best of them. And as someone who grew up being bullied, I kind of took that Charles Xavier mentality of like, they may Mm. think down upon you, but don't stoop to their level because you will be a better person for it. And I kind of became just entranced in the whole X-Men universe. I love that each of them had their own specific powers, had a very unique storyline. And for me, what drew me to Rogue specifically was, well, I also, I really liked her Southern twang, like how she was in the early nineties cartoon and the comics yeah. and just how much of like, just a badass she was. So it was just kind of cool just to see her as a character grow and her relationship with other X-Men, how she had this like, kind of father-daughter dynamic with Wolverine and then the romantic like kind of plot line that was kind of like a hit or miss with Gambit between every single comic. So it just like to see her growth kind of made me feel like I could do anything. So I kind of tried to be strong for her even though she was like a fictional character. Yeah, I think, I think uh, that's important too because as someone who went through my own bullying growing up, uh, it was, you know, and I think a lot of people, it doesn't just happen to nerds, but a lot of people who go through certain things latch on, especially when you're younger, latch on to different, whether it's characters, whether it's franchises or, or whether it's other real people, whether like, you know, sports or stuff like that, people find uh, characters or people that they can identify with. So they don't feel alone or, or they find power in that thing. So I like that you brought that up about, you know, Rogue and about how you felt about these the X-Men franchise and these characters. But I wanted to switch gears into anime slash manga territory now because you're also because we know you got the Psyduck onesie on. You're you're an anime fan. So when did the love for anime start? Ooh, okay. So anime definitely started really early for me in preschool, where it was me and a group of three other girls got really into Sailor Moon. And we would always, we had the little dolls that they had at the time. We had the VHS tapes of the episodes. So we'd come back from preschool to one of our houses, watch one of those. 
And I just became really obsessed with that. And then from that stemmed Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And then I kind of, it kind of fell off the face of the earth for me a little bit until seventh grade, where I got introduced to the melancholy of Haruki Suzumiya after my brother spent a semester in Japan for, for college. So it was mm-hmm. kind of cool for him to come back with all these like manga and anime recommendations and it yeah. kind of jump-started me again. That's that's amazing. That's actually really cool. Like out of all the origin stories is definitely the most like more unique part about your brother going to Japan for a little bit and then bringing back like a recommendation. I mean, that's the one of the best ways to get recommendations in my opinion. Um, and I, I yeah, I like that. Yeah. I also like that anime. I feel like everyone has their different story, even though a lot of us get into it the same way, meaning, you know, we're, we're the generation that grew up like with TV being completely different. Uh, in terms of what kind of stuff came on like you know you have your anime you have peak cartoons and all these different things coming in uh i remember you said sailor moon i know you have like a sailor moon t-shirt i'm sure you have other sailor moon merch how much does sailor moon mean to you like i guess throughout your life because i mean just because you watched it back then it doesn't mean doesn't some stuff doesn't carry on with you so how much does sailor moon personally mean to you it means a lot like that was my first introduction to female empowerment and just different kind of romantic love interests and also just how to like build that like first power friendship kind of introduction as well like you can get through anything as long as you have the right people by your side and it taught me from an early age who the type of people you want to have in your life is hmm so for me, I very much can and relate to Usagi Tsukino, so Sailor Moon, because, well, A, I'm th- one of the clumsiest people you've ever met in your life, and I also am, like, obsessed with snacks, so I'm very much on the same page with her there, but it was also just seeing how she would, like, collect all these groups, a group of friends, and kind of face the world together. And I just really, I loved that. And I still like am obsessed with Sailor Moon today. So when they announced the reboot of Sailor Moon Crystal, I was so excited. So I ended up getting like a bunch of merch. I have um, like her bedspread as a blanket. I recently just got her, um, well, uh, tuxedo masks, that little uh, star um, clock or like pocket watch that he has. I have it in yeah. necklace form and I love it so much. Nice. So it's definitely something that is still carried through to my adulthood. No, that's, that's great. I think, you know, obviously Pokemon <laughs> is one for me, Yu-Gi-Oh! and a bunch of these different um, animes and these different manga really set the tone for me, you know, it helped me identify a lot of characters and a lot of different stories and definitely made me more interested in becoming like an actor and screenwriter and all these, all these different things. How much did anime and manga or basically really any of these fictional worlds like encouraged or like how, how how big of a role did it play into you lo- having a love for writing like did it come from that or did it did your love for writing come from somewhere else so my love of writing stemmed from two different places it uh the first definitely being anime and manga because a big thing why i love anime so much is because of the very unique storylines Okay. And I would get frustrated growing up seeing the same old storyline being told over and over when I watched just kind of like uh, live TV or movies. And I loved anime having these unique storylines. And I really wanted to be able to tell my own unique story and not just have the same reiteration of like Cinderella or Romeo and Juliet over and over. And I really found anime refreshing in that aspect yeah. that like there could be so many different action plots and there's always something different. Even if there is some overlap, they s- still tell it in such a unique way. And then another big part of like why I loved writing so much was just because 
because of I had um, some great creative writing classes uh, throughout like my educational career. And there was at one point I got introduced to my first ever intro to script writing class and my professor the first day she's like we're going to get you over your stage fright of reading in front of everybody so we were all assigned one page of a Dr. Seuss book and we had zero time to prep for it and we just had to read the wackiest words and then she's just like translate that to your writing because even if you screw up on the first draft you can always try for a second and it would just stuck with me ever since that's great that's hilarious i like i know i honestly rather that method than like so what got me into it was i remember i was i believe it was fifth or sixth grade um i had an english teacher that came from she she came from japan she's she's american but she went to japan to teach for a while and then she came back and she was my teacher and she would force us and you could tell she she definitely got inspirations um in her teaching method from overseas just because of how different her style was to anything i'll ever meet ever again or even before and she made us do like essays every day like every day there's an essay due like monday through friday we had an essay due and it was about the wackiest subjects um but a lot of it was cool because she'd also give us like chances to make up some stories like we like she'll give us chances to do like some creative writing as well and you know, my inspiration come from anime and stuff. I do a lot of anime stuff like that. And she didn't know much about anime at all, but she was like, obviously I've seen a lot. She just saw a lot of it when she was over in Japan. So she like really helped me get my craft better to see whether I would even like it as a kid. And I really stuck with me. And that's really when I started like really liking watching like Inuyasha and, and, uh, and DBZ again and all these different like animes and really, and also like cartoons and stuff and American cartoons, just seeing how that's different. Um, I know one cartoon we really love, uh, I believe mutually is a uh, total drama, the whole total, total drama Island franchise. Um, oh, yeah. I, believe, I believe that premiered on Cartoon Network, I believe. What, what did, uh, what got you mm -hmm. addicted? Like what got you liking total drama Island? Oh gosh. I just remember being like solely obsessed with it, but I just remember I was like, you're either a Disney kid, a Nickelodeon kid, or a Cartoon Network kid. And I was a sole Cartoon Network kid growing up. So I loved everything on there. Nice. So I just remember seeing it one day, like, I think this was maybe like five or six episodes in. And I was like, oh, this is like so cool. Like it's like Survivor, but it's not. So I ended up watching that. And then I found out that they were the same creators as the show 16, which I had discovered mm, yep. like maybe a year or two prior to that. Yeah. And I just got like so engulfed in it, like to put my like total drama obsession into perspective, I ran out of my choir concert early to watch the finale. You're, you're quite like, That's I hilarious. lived across from my middle school. I sprinted yeah. in my black dress home to watch the finale because it was Gwen versus Owen and I wanted Gwen to win. She That's didn't great. in the US version, but still. Well, there's just different versions. I didn't know that. Yes, there is. That's you can hilarious. watch. I think well, it was so Australian's version one one. Like there's alternate endings for each season where you can see the other person win. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Wow. Oh, believe me, I know too much. <laughs> That's crazy. So uh and, you know, I, and I like what I liked about you know watching all these different cartoons and series um and anime is that like you said there's so many unique stories and so many different perspectives you don't have your same you know um because disney's going to disney marvel's going to marvel etc but anime is so unique because it's not an entity sure entity like 
will funnel all the talents, but it's an individual person or a group or a partnership that makes it. So each story will be drastically different. It may have similar, um, you know, cliches, but at the end of the day, it's still a completely different story with completely different characters. And uh, is that something that you like, is that something that really appealed to you when it came to like anime and manga? It's just how you can get completely different stories at any given time. Oh yeah, that's definitely what like kind of drew me to a lot of things. Like I remember when Death Note was like really popular and my friends were talking about this and these are my friends who didn't even like anime. They're like, oh my gosh, this anime is so cool. You got to see it. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll watch it. So I was taking a vacation with my family and I just downloaded it all from Netflix and started watching it on the plane. And I love the fact that like you had this like anti-hero and, and like, you know, with all the twists and turns with Death Note itself. And I'm like, you know, you can never have a Death Note plot line in something like Pokemon or like something like that. Cause then it would just be really skewed. So I yeah. kind of like that you couldn't necessarily put one plot line into another but also you can with certain animes, which I thought was really cool. I just, I love the uniqueness of it. And like something with my script writing where I have a website and my tagline is um, the teller of untold stories because that's who I want to be as a script writer, as a writer, mm. just someone to tell something that has not been said before. And I think that's what a big part of what anime does is they are a big teller of untold stories. Like you can't get something like Hunter Hunter or um, like Dragon Ball, like really anywhere else. Very true. Else. Very true. No, I like that. The teller all told stories. And I, I think that that's needed, especially I was just thinking about the other day, like how Hollywood, um, you know, is always a reboot is always something, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie, if, if they're looking for money, there's no, and it makes sense from a business standpoint, it makes sense because you get the old audience and you get a new one mm-hmm. and you can create a mega fan base basically and make tons of cash off of it. But there's something sad because as this, as we're both screenwriters, we know how many of us are there really is te- like technically, and how many stories even from the top echelon of the screenwriters never get their stories told or they're completely altered um, to the point where it's not even recognized really sometimes or it gets taken over by a studio or a uh, like a a director that changes it to mold their vision, and so it kind of sucks that. I feel like we don't get as many unique movies and yeah, we do get, you know, indie movies. I am definitely a fan of that, that space because I know that it's someone's passion. They probably work like decades for something. Um, How do you feel about that? Like about the, the, how, how do you feel about the state of Hollywood in terms of just these reboots and these live action spinoffs of whatever their original, uh, you know, source material is? Well, I was actually just talking about this with like a group of my friends the other day. And it's like, well, I appreciate the nostalgia factor because it's like something taken from my childhood or maybe something like my tween years and like revamping it a little bit. I feel like that's all I'm saying right now is all these revamps and all these things. Like for instance, like I am very excited about that Cowboy Bebop live action. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Same. But there's part of me still that I'm like, I want to see more unique and like diverse things and like, well, there's also the aspect too of like things that are being revamped have more diverse cast and they're actually being more like accurately portrayed which I think is also again incredibly fantastic and I love to see it but I'm like a 50-50 of I like where we're going but I'd like to see something different so it's kind of like it's like a little juggling act for me because I just think that there's still so many different angles for people to go with stories 
and I think especially now with the like the state of the world that we're in like for instance like when all the tv shows started taking up like covid storylines it was like yeah that's needed because it's like in the world but I'm like tv is like a form of escapism why are you putting covid into all of this like I wanted like I liked how the show I don't know if you're ever familiar with the show last man standing they had like literally a 10 minute intro with COVID in it and then just blew past it i'm like this is all i need like they did it now they moved on and i like when like shows can do that so but like i think like when it comes to like live actions and stuff i still think again very cool concept i still want to see something new so that was kind of a more droned out version of me explaining myself (laughs) no no no, that's fine no it's it's needed because i think the i'm very on the same camp and idea of like it's always nice like for example they did uh it got slammed people are slamming it on social media but the uh they did a um animated movie for the injustice storyline from the you know the dc comic and apparently is mm-hmm. not good people are not happy and that's gonna happen i'm never mm-hmm. like really you know i i know how to watch it for myself and i'm, I'm planning on watching it later but from what i've seen I can see why people would be unhappy. And that's why I'm in the camp of if you're going to make a lot uh, a different version, a spinoff version of something, um, always like go with your unique take. I, you know, I never like do a paper for bar for bar because I would just rather watch or read the original source material than do that. Um, but at the same time, don't don't do it too safe or too. There's, oh, I feel like there's a there's a fine line to walk when it comes to doing something in live action or doing animated version or a manga version or whatever have you of something. And I feel like it is hard. Even you're not going to please everybody, but sometimes it's just like, have you like for example, have you ever like watched or read something where you saw like as a spinoff of something of the source material and you're like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the the. I appreciate you taking a chance to do something new to the guy. Cause I can always appreciate that. Even if it doesn't work for me, you always appreciate it. But have you ever been like, why the hell would you do that? You know, like, have you ever watched something? You're like, damn, you, you could have, you could have just not done that one thing and it would have been okay. It would have been okay. Like, okay. So when the speed racer movie came out, oh, uh, like, okay, here's my thing. I grew up <laughs> loving speed racer. I love the anime. And when the movie came out, I was very excited because this was actually, I didn't like, I got very excited because I was like, okay, this is really cool. I get to be Trixie and like all that other stuff. And I'm like, you know, there was some parts of it. Like personally, I think Sprite on Ship Ship were the best part of that live action movie. (laughs) And like, I will be fully honest with that. And it was like, it was cool for, again, like my brother big nostalgia factor but it was like you know there was some things that could have been done very differently in the movie and also I think they should have had a kind of like a flash warning at the beginning of the movie because there was a lot of vibrant colors and fast-paced action stuff where I got like I got very overwhelmed and I'm like I'm over here like I'm on a roller coaster like oh my god but it was like there were certain things where I'm like you could have done that a little differently. And then I don't know if you're familiar with they had on uh, Nicktoons they did a Speed Racer: The Next Generation cartoon. Yeah, I remember that. And I do. It was interesting as well because I was like at the time I was still learning more about this original Speed Racer universe, yeah. and then I'm like seeing like you're getting introduced to the next generation, and I'm like, oh, what is this? Like, also like seeing Spritel in like a professor position was very weird because I'm like I see him as the goofy kid throwing chip chips poop at people. I don't 
see him running a school. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it was, it was a very interesting experience kind of growing up with like all those collective media at once, not necessarily starting one a few years before the other. So I got introduced to three different, very, three very different versions of Speed Racer all at once. No, that's great. Speed Racer is what I grew up with with the, uh, well, I, I think it came out way before that, but I watched it in the late nineties. Um, and I, I, I love Speed Racer. That Mega Man, the original, the, both of the original series that like I really enjoyed and liked like super, super all the time. I would like, we wake up super early because it would like air in Japan time. Like this is a channel that was like straight from Jap- Japan. So like you would have to stay up, be up really early really, really damn early to watch it. And I, I really enjoyed it. But Lo, thank you so, so very much for joining us today. Uh, always amazing to talk nerd with a fellow nerd. And uh, where can the people find you out there on the interweb? So I do have a TikTok. My user is Tiny Loliza. So it's T-I-N-Y-L-O-L-I-Z-A. I am on TikTok, Instagram. If you want to see the craziness of my Twitter, all the more and i'm hopefully putting up i want to put together like a website soon of just different culminations of my creativity some of my scripts i do have some fan fiction but i'm not about to share that right now <laughs> no worry uh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna read it when i when i get a chance but uh uh you can find us you can find watch well, us you can find me on uh all the social media platforms at wholesome underscore monk definitely find links and we're always going to do stuff like this. And it's always nice to have new people come on and share their, you know, nerd journeys and everything that they go through and how much being a nerd means to them. Cause I think it's really important to, I think, cause I think there's such a bad, even to this day, there's such a bad um, insight on nerd fandom. And I a hundred percent understand why, like I a hundred percent understand why, but it's, it's nice to get people who uh, are now the extreme versions of whatever people think we are and like oh yeah these people are just normal oh yeah they they have like nine to fives or they or they're this or that and like they're just like normal people who can pay for all the expensive nerds because it's very expensive being a nerd but also oh they're not homeless because they oh, yeah. also pay bills because they're you know they have money <laughs> so they can do what they gotta do but um again if you watch or listen to this you're now 10 percent more wholesome than you were before you listened peace out everybody <laughs> and just like that we are done let me start